Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, how can we say have faith in God when it was Jesus who cursed? Well, because Jesus was God. And remember, Jesus also said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he says, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Prayer is such a mysterious thing. You wonder how it is God does what he does and why he does it. Will he even be interested in your prayers? And if he is, who gets to determine the prayer was answered or not? It's hard to avoid being disappointed when it seems your prayers aren't answered. Well, Pastor Mark's teaching today will be about an important aspect of prayer that many people won't admit to. Failure to ask. You'll learn the reason that God wants you to ask, even though he already knows. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, as he begins his message, Just Ask. Mark, chapter 11. We shared... The five conditions for answered prayer. Prayer isn't complicated, but we need to make sure we understand how we do it. We pray in Jesus' name. And at the end of the teaching, when Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, we're going to see all of these being done by Jesus, even though you don't see them, number one, this, number two, this. You're going to see all of these actually done. So we pray in Jesus' name. We pray in God's will. Otherwise, we don't get it. We pray specifically, not for all the missionaries in the world, as we said. And next, we pray persistently. It would be nice if when we prayed, all we had to do is pray and God gave it to us. But really, if that took place, we wouldn't ever grow spiritually. We would definitely treat God as if he was kind of this genie in the sky. And so it would be nice when you exercise. Those of you ladies that go to Kerr's or those of you guys that go to Gold's Gym or whatever, be nice, wouldn't it? You go in as, you know, 125-pound weakling, you lift the weights once, praise God. You know, you got abs out like then, whatever, and doesn't work that way. doesn't work the same way with prayer. And then last, obviously, pray with fervency. The sixth one is an exciting one, but it's the one we struggle with as Christians. The sixth thing we'll talk about is pray in faith. In other words, with expectation. Not praying negative, not praying without our spirit in gear, but praying with expectation. David kind of gives us an illustration of how that is. 
In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. That's a great way to start the day. Notice there's a, in the morning, in the morning, there's a little clue there. Unless you work the night shift. God can do anything. God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. There isn't anything that God can't do. Now, in Mark chapter 11, look down in verse 20. Remember the disciples, well, they were learning to walk with Jesus. And we'll see later that, just like us, they struggled. They saw all of this happening, but they just needed to be taught. And sometimes... They needed to be corrected and kind of challenged a little bit. Well, it says in Mark eleven twenty, in the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Now, the day before, Jesus had actually cursed the fig tree. Now, some of you I know don't have a green thumb, but you're not quite that bad with plants that the tree out front that you don't like or whatever, you know, you curse it and the next day you go out. And it's dried up to nothing. Notice, Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look. Good old Pete. He always likes to open his mouth, doesn't he? You think Jesus didn't see it? Rabbi, look. Wow, look at this surprise. The fig tree you cursed has withered. I can hear Jesus saying, well, I won't say this to Pete, but no kidding. But he says this. Jesus answered, he's gentle, Pete. Have faith in God. Now, how can we say have faith in God when it was Jesus who cursed? Well, because Jesus was God. And remember, Jesus also said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he says, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, remember, going back, those five things we already talked about, God's will was the second one. It won't ever happen if it's not in God's will. And we talked about that a lot. So Jesus was giving a key to prayer. Jesus says, that which you pray about must be based in faith. Believe that God can do it. You must believe, trust, have confidence, not in you. It's not how many times you say it. It's not how loud you say it. It's that you have faith that God can do what he says he can do. So what is faith? You know what it is. It's simply the confidence that what God has promised will happen. What God has promised will happen. Now, think about this. Why would you pray if you didn't believe that God could hear or answer your prayer? Why would we do it? Why waste the time? But sometimes we have to be challenged. If we're praying and we're not expecting God, it's just, well, I have to say it. It's a waste of time. Why do it? But if we believe God, 
then we have to mix that with the faith, with that fervency, with the scripture, with God's will, with specificity. All of those things, we just mix them together and let God, in his timing, work out this answer to prayer. So our faith isn't really based in us. It's based on the character and the power and the faithfulness of God. And that's why we go through the word of God, because we see his character, we see his nature, and we see his faithfulness time and time and time again to all of us. So as we study the word, that just comes out to us. Now, remember that prayer and the word are really inseparable. So that's why... We study the Word of God, and that's why we pray. So, I think there's three things you want to write down here. We must have faith that there is a God. I mean, there's no use praying if there isn't a God. And I'll read you a verse. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him, number one, must believe that He exists. I'm glad we're not praying to this pottery down here. Pottery can't answer us. Much of the world prays to pottery. And then I've been to Thailand. You go to Bangkok and this big laying down Buddha. Beautiful Buddha. All kinds of flowers, all kinds of fruit, all kinds of candles, all kinds of prayers going. It's useless. So we have to believe that God exists. How do you believe God exists? By faith. Notice the rest of this verse says, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I not only have to believe that There is a God. I have to have faith that he hears me. And we know one major thing affects his hearing. That's sin in our life. And number three, we must have faith if he hears. It's not just that he hears, but he cares and he answers. And that's because God is, well, in the Bible, often used as a heavenly father. You might not have had a good relationship with your father, but God is the perfect father. I came across a story, and that's a true story. Heidi was a four-year-old who was asked by her dad, is there anything, Heidi, that you would like from God? Heidi said, I would like a rose. So they came together and prayed. The father was trying to teach her about faith and praying to God, even at a young age. They prayed this prayer of agreement. And when dad came home the next day, Heidi said, Dad, I didn't get the rose today. Dad didn't know really what to say. And he said, well, were you specific when you prayed? Maybe we need to be a little more specific. And Heidi said, okay, God, I pray for a white rose. That's pretty specific. Now, her dad was actually a person that ministered in churches and went around the country. And he went to a church and went with her. And when he got to the church for this weekend, he was debating in his mind. I'm trying to teach Heidi about God. Should I be God and go get the white rose and give it to her? Well, he said, that's really not going to build her faith, so I'm not going to do that. God, I'm just praying for you somehow to answer this prayer of Heidi as a child. Well, at the end of the service, a lady came up, true story, and said, while I was working in my garden this morning and I was praying God told me to bring you something tonight. I know this sounds odd to you. And she unwrapped this foil paper. It was a white rose. Now you say, well, like what fable book did you get this out of? No, it's a true story. 
You say, well, God can't do that. But see, here's the problem. We don't expect it. The faith of a child. Not a red rose, but a white rose, specific. Now, ladies, you can't take that as a word from God. (laughs) Although, husbands, it might be a wise thing to do. So what does that show us? Well, what did it show little Heidi? That God cared and that God answers our prayers. But actually, we don't need this story. We don't need somebody else's story about a white rose, do we? We know God answers our prayers, don't we? You personally know it. I know it. Recently, I met with an individual that comes to this church. And it's just wonderful. The individual had a, and I won't go into the details, but he had a, had a problem in his life uh, with the drugs. And supernaturally, God's broken it in his life. Like that. And you say, well, that just doesn't happen. Yes, it does. And again, no counseling, no drug rehab, just God. Just God? Just God. So as we talk, I want to increase your faith. Now, those six things are vital to us getting our prayers answered. But maybe more important than all of those is number seven. I can have all of those things, but number seven is just simply ask. You see, that's the part that we often forget. James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. If we want something that we don't have, we should simply ask God. You see, in America, we become so self-sufficient that we often use prayer as a last resort. When we've been backed into a corner, when the doctor says, I'm sorry, there's no hope. When we finally realize we banged our head against the table and we can't come up with it, we go, okay, God, I I guess it's time for, for you to intervene. Let me ask you something. Have you ever wondered, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? And if you've wondered it, have you asked him for wisdom to do it? Or have you just gone... And done it. Have you ever wondered this, God? Why is everyone else getting opportunities to share the gospel with their friends? And there doesn't seem to be any open doors for me. Have you ever wondered that? Well, could it be? It's because we simply don't ask. We don't ask for open doors. What are you lacking in your life right now? Have you prayed and asked God for it? God wants us to experience so many things, but we have to ask, we have to pray. Let's go back to the basics. If you're a Christian, you became a Christian one step at a time. The first step is you had to ask. Now, think about this. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Remember the thief on the cross? He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, well, I tell you the truth, today you'll be with me in paradise. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're not a Christian, could it be as you're sitting here 
The reason you're not a Christian? You've never asked God to change your life, to save you. It sounds so simple, though, doesn't it? I mean, if God can save us, he can do anything. I mean, look who we were. And look at the stuff we were in. But that's not who we are anymore. We simply had to ask. You think Zacchaeus climbed a tree to do it. All kinds of people. You remember Nicodemus came to Jesus that night. He wanted to know this. But he wasn't ready to ask for it yet. Later, he did. Now, after I become a Christian, what does prayer do in my life? Well, a huge part is, if I'm going to get my prayers answered, I can't have sin. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God does not hear me. If I have sin in my life, God does not hear my prayers. Because this is why I'm interested in my relationship more than he's interested in answering my prayer. You see, because all of my prayers, most of my prayers, except when they're about people, are about things that aren't going to matter in a hundred years. And they certainly won't matter in eternity. But we should still pray about them. But God's really interested for me in my relationship with him. So the next one is not only ask for salvation, but ask for forgiveness. So I ask like David did. God, search my heart. Look inside of me. Is there something that's keeping me from receiving those things that you want and being in fellowship with you. So, again, First John 1, 9, you know that well. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. If we confess, if we confess, if we ask. Next, turn to James chapter 1 toward the end of your Bible. The next thing we want to talk about is we need to ask for wisdom. As we approach life in all its facets... We have so much information, but information often confuses us. We just simply need wisdom, and wisdom comes from God. It's the ability to do life right in his timing, in his way. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should what? Tell me. He should ask. God. By the way, that's the first place to ask. Before you ask a pastor, nothing wrong with asking us. We're here to help you. But often you can just ask God and he'll give it to you. You just bypass Dave, Dean, I, Kenny, whoever, Michael, the youth people. You just bypass us because you don't even need us. We want to be there to help you. But notice it says, ask God. Now, God might say to you, well, ask one of your pastors. That's a good thing. That's why we're here, to give godly counsel or one of the lady counselors. He should ask God, who really hates to even take the time to fool with you. That's Balmer translation. Do you know some of you believe that? You don't believe that God really is interested in you. Come on, Pastor, why are you six and a half billion people in this world? I mean, whatever. The only people God's really caring about today is the French who got slammed again because they didn't get... Oh, no, I won't talk about praise God. It's quite all right. So, is God interested? What's he say? He should ask God who gives how. That's the only way God is. He's generous. Who gives generously to the super spiritual, whoever that is. No, to all, without finding fault. And it will be given to him. When we lack wisdom in a trial, which is what this chapter is about, or a situation, 
God commands us. He commands us to ask. Why? Because that shows that I'm dependent on him. If you miss anything with prayer, just go back to the most simple thing. Prayer means I'm dependent on God, not me. Now, we're going to work together as a team. God rarely does things without us. But the reason we don't pray, I don't really need God. I can just work it out with my circumstance, what to make the right calls, know the right people, do the right thing. Man, I've got contacts, I've got this, I've got money. You know, one day some of that just all goes to nothing. No money, no contacts, no health. And pretty soon we're in front of God going, help, he's there. So God is a giving God. He loves to give. His wisdom will be practical and yet very spiritual, often beyond our own understanding. Wisdom will be given to us if we ask in faith. Now, look at verse 6. Here's the danger of it. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? Well, he's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. So we've already mentioned that faith is a requirement of prayer. God will give wisdom, but we have to ask in faith. We must have simply the confidence that God will answer. Now, I ask for wisdom, but I'm going to put this one down because I think it goes perfectly with it. I have to ask for more faith. I don't only ask for wisdom, but I really say to God, Help my unbelief. Let's turn, and I want you to see these in Scripture, Mark chapter 9. You're going to read a wonderful story, true story, where the disciples didn't get it. And often we don't get it. And I want us to learn some things from this because I talked to the pastors a little bit about it today in our meeting, but I really want to talk to us about it. Mark chapter 9, verse 15. Remember now, James says, ask, don't doubt, believe. Verse 15, as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Notice this. I ask your disciples to drive out the Spirit, but they could not. We talked today in our staff meeting. Why do not we see so many miracles today? God wants to do it. In fact, later in chapter 16 of Mark, it says, In my name you will cast out demons. Demons. Why do we see so little, compared to biblical days, of miracles? Obviously, the greatest miracle is a person coming to the Lord. We see that, praise God. But what about the faith areas? Why don't we see this? Do we expect those? If this was here in this church, would you expect that God could use you to heal this boy, cast the demon out? 
In the teaching today, Pastor Mark touched on one of the most tragic facts of Christ followers in prayer. He talked about how often prayer requests aren't even made in the first place. One of the possible reasons for this is due to the affluence that abounds in America. With much personal wealth, people simply don't feel the need to bother God until they've reached their end. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will be closing out this message, Just Ask. You'll learn the kind of things that the Bible says you should ask for in prayer. He'll talk about doubt and how it can erode faith. You'll hear a story of the disciples failing to cast a demon out of a little boy. Jesus' successful deliverance of the child and what kept the disciples from being able to do this job. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear 